Double E, elevating entrepreneurs, built local, elevating you through empowerment and education. Welcome to Double E, elevating entrepreneurs. Today we're here with our guest, Julio Pacheco. He's our credit repair specialist. He's self-employed and he also has a business partner. Why don't you go ahead and say hi to the audience? Hello, Elizabeth, and thank you so much for having me on today. It is a pleasure. And um, hello, everyone. Hope you guys are having a great day. Super excited to be on here today. Awesome. We're excited to have you and learn a lot about the credit uh, repair industry, honestly, I'm sure a lot of people will benefit from the information you share with them today. So tell us a little bit about how your career got started in the credit repair industry. Yeah, so it all started uh, back in around 2014. Um, I was about 21, 22 years old. And uh, I started dealing with um, financial problems. And how that came is just like anybody else. I was young. And I was making good money. And, you know, thanks to my older brother who um, helped me out establishing my credit at the age of 12, which I didn't know you could actually establish credit at that age, gave me the opportunity to, you know, easily get funding from banks for auto loans or basically anything I wanted at the time. So um, got into too much debt. I was living paycheck to paycheck. And during that time, you know, I started dealing with severe anxiety. And so, which in return actually led for me to lose my full-time job, went to part-time, to um, unemployed, to hospitalized, and went backwards financially. And so, <clears throat> ended up having bad credit, uh, starting started to owe money to uh, banks, credit cards, and I got behind on my car, car loan. And so, you know, I was going through all of that. It was very stressful. Uh, didn't think I had any um, any solutions. I didn't think I had any options at the time. Finally sat down, spoke to my brother, and uh, he guided me towards, you know, some better steps that I could do to take care of my situation at the time. And um, <clears throat> I did what I could to fix what I, what I could from what I knew. But still, I was still having credit troubles. And so fast forward two, three years, I found my place um, where, you know, I was managing my better my money much better. Um, I was able to get a job again and started to um, become in a better state of mind. So from there, I started establishing my credit again. And the way I did that was, you know, obviously start off with <clears throat> small credit cards again um, and really, um, you know, just making my payments on time to establish history, payment history and all of that. But still, I had bad remarks on my credit. So I started looking for answers. And when you start asking for answers, you end up finding the solutions. In most cases, not all the time. Sometimes it takes longer, but you eventually get your answers. And I started realizing, you know, my whole background being in sales, uh, people getting the kind of credit cards. I even sold cars for a while and people couldn't get an auto loan. And I always started to think, like, why can't they get these auto loans? And it's not that they're bad people. It's just most of us aren't being taught, you know, how credit works in this country. And so when you don't understand how things work, you're always going to have a problem with that. 
so <clears throat> met a lot of credit repair agents you know a lot of shady ones a lot of good ones mm-hmm. and um i hired a mentor uh who actually helped me with my credit and he basically taught me you know like the ins and outs you know he taught me the the legal route he taught me unethical practices and it, it really started off like that and i started practicing a lot of the things that i that i learned and you know i learned i got very familiar with the laws and consumer rights um and that's really what i started to use to um be able to gain my buying power again and so it started um with me myself fixing my own credit and then helping my family and my friends and from there you know it was just a a word of mouth deal where people started hearing of me um and i started getting results and you know fast forward another three years i am here 29 years old now and i educate people on the importance of credit and the power of credit and how literally credit is the heart to all your financial troubles and financial future and anything that it is that you may want to do down the road so yeah that's really how it's been and that's how how it's going that's awesome and i mean um crazy to think that you were just trying to take care of yourself and that's really how you got into debt so um you know that is unfortunate but you are a success story in and of yourself for ever overcoming that time and uh now using it as fuel to help others which is awesome so like i love that i think that's awesome um, and can you tell us a little bit more about how you found your mentor and the benefits of having that mentor and, um, how you decided to incorporate your business as an LLC? Yes, absolutely. So I came across, uh, my mentor when I was working, uh, selling cars, one of my good friends actually, um, had lots of good things to speak about this individual and, um, you know, showed me which were incredible. I never really thought that there was a legitimate um, company or a person who can actually help you repair credit. But there is, you know, I I mean, I'm living proof that, you know, I've been able to turn around my financial future. And, um, you know, there is there is solutions out there. So I reached out to him. Um, We got together, we sat down at a Starbucks and uh, we reviewed my file together. And from there, we literally just um, started working. We started working. Um, you know, I was most interested in learning because I feel that learn something, you you have it forever, and you know, you can you can help yourself out, but not just help myself out. I want uh, future generations, and not a, not only that, but make a business out of it. Which you know, like any business, it's really really hard to get off the floor and running because you don't have no credit, you don't have no trust with anybody. And mm-hmm. so people always want to work with the best, right? And right. Uh, I've always believed in becoming my better self. So that's not going to happen overnight. But if you really believe in something um, and you believe that it's a solution to many people's problems, you'll end up uh, becoming successful in what it is you do. But you have to have discipline and you have to be consistent with it for a good period of time, which I was doing when, while I was working. I was doing that during my lunch breaks. I was doing that after work. And... Um, quickly recognize that hey uh this is a big problem in this country um and i think that this can be the solution to many people to many people's uh problems and and it can help them out tremendously so um i connect i've connected with so many people 
because of the fact of credit, you know, from business owners to friends, families and friends of friends. And it's just uh, it's just been a journey. But um, I decided uh, to, you know, register and and bond my company about now two years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I te- I reconnected with one of my friends who um, I used to do business with back in the day. His name is Timothy Tran, and uh, he's based out of Austin, Texas. And the reason why is because uh, this guy is he's very valuable in, in the marketplace. He's very good at he's very uh, solution driven. <clears throat> he is very ambitious. And he's a really, really great communicator. And he's such a great people's person. He has a genuine heart. He's very honest. And uh, he is really good at bringing so many people together. Uh, he's a great public speaker. And, um, <clears throat> you know, that attracted me to him. And uh, we have a lot of similar interests. And me, with my experience and my background, being the credit re- repair specialist um, and educator, um, we decided that, hey, we can build something together. And so we are 50-50 uh, at the 50-50 partnership together, uh, we established an LLC, a limited liability company uh, called Client Capital. And um, to, um, you know, process any contracts, any all payments, and, you know, to help our customers uh, become binded to something that, you know, they can trust and, and keep us accountable, but at the same time, keep our, our clients accountable for you know, the responsibilities uh, throughout the process of, you know, repairing their credit. But so, yeah, I mean, that that's how that's been. That's awesome. And can you explain what a bonded company is? Uh, yeah, so basically a bonded company is a company that is protected um, just in case, you know, somebody was to ever sue you or um, you were to get in trouble for unethical practices or just anything like that. Not that we don't, we do, we do unethical practices, but you know, there's always somebody who sees a flaw in something or, or feels that they weren't taken care of. That's something that if you go to court, um, you know, you have your rights as a business owner that will protect you. And, and there's, uh, there's money in there so that, you know, we can recover any kind of um, personal damages or, or losses. Okay. That's very smart. So that's that's something new that hasn't been mentioned on double S. So that's great information there. So tell us a little bit about um, what you guys do as a company, what it would look like if, you know, one of our listeners or business owners, fellow business owners wanted to have you examine their credit. Uh, the process is fairly simple. And I still, you know, communicate this with everybody because you don't really know where a person is um, as far as credit goes. Most people have whatsoever no idea of how it even works or how to read a credit report. So um, I pride myself um, because I've never seen this before. I've never seen uh, other credit repair people do this, but I literally give the consultation for free. I sit down with the consumer uh, for free. I literally create um uh, um, I create an experience account for them just because it's one of the most trusted sources to check your credit report or mm-hmm. identity IQ. Those are my top two sources. Just in case anybody was curious, those are uh, probably the closest to your actual FICO when a lender pulls your credit uh, for a mortgage or a car loan. Uh, once we establish that account, uh, we do a three bureau report, which Experian gives, gives it to you for free for the first time at no cost. You get access to Experian. You get access to 
Equifax and you get access to TransUnion. So <clears throat> most of the time it'll be the same, but seven out of 10 times that 30%, there will be um, different information uh, posted across the three bureaus and it doesn't always match. And that's why it's important to really understand where you um, sit and, uh, and really take a look at it. So we look at active accounts, we look at collections, we look at charge-offs, we look at installment loans, which is like auto or home loan, and then we look at revolving credit lines. So, and then of course, we wanna make sure that your inquiries are in a healthy state you know, people ask, well, what is a healthy state for inquiries? Healthy is excellent, three and below. Good, four and below. Fair, five. Six plus, it's too many. Mm. And the reason why it's too many is because a lot of credit card companies, mm -hmm. they have, you know, uh, a, a staple of how many inquiries you can have. Like American Express doesn't like to see a lot of inquiries. It makes people look like they're desperate for credit and they're trying to get money from multiple banks. So yeah. keeping your inquiries is super uh, important. Um, inquiries only post for about two years maximum. After that, they'll get removed by themselves. A lot of people don't know that, but they actually get removed by themselves. So hmm. yeah, keep those inquiries low. And we can go into so much, but again, this goes back to the consultation. Uh, mm -hmm we review the file and from there i basically guide them towards what things they can already do to get off to a better financial future with their credit and then i'll analyze i'll i'll give them a straight analysis and then i'll send them over an email of what we reviewed and then if there's anything that you know is going to take me out of my time to do that i can do to improve their credit then i'll just quote them but the consultation is always free i don't charge for it and um, I want to make sure that they've got something of value out of that conversation each and every single time. And if they, I feel that if they know everything that we spoke about, then I will add something else on that's more technical that, hey, might help them or their business down the road. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's awesome. So speaking of, you know, things that could help them, um, what are a couple of good freebie tips you can give everybody um, that helps with their credit and build their credit properly? Yeah, so that's a really great question. Uh, one of the tips I would encourage people to do is uh, get big limit credit cards, not because I'm saying go get into debt and, um, you know, get in trouble, but because big limit credit cards um, always allow you to keep a low utilization. Uh, for example, for the normal person, I would say at least get $20,000 worth of credit limits. And typically, if you have good credit, it's pretty easy to do. Um, it takes only three cards. I have about $65,000, $7,000 credit limits to get the $20,000 mark. And the reason why I say that is because um, for the most part in a month, the average American spends about fifteen dollars to three to $4,000. So say that you were to put about, keep a balance of about $2,000, the utilization is still quite low when you have a, a, a total open credit limit of $20,000. Now for those listening and say, well, Julio, that's nothing. I typically, you know, use about eight, $10,000 each month. So then I would encourage you to at least get $75,000 of total open to spend. Um, and, be, and the reason why I'm getting to this is because um, utilization plays a huge role. 
uh, it is, these are the details of your credit. For example, our credit changes every 10 days and people don't know that. You're either get, getting three points or you're losing about three points because there's always going to be activity. And that's that's really important to have activity because you want to establish long, strong history with on-time payments. So when you keep your utilization um, around under 3%, your credit never is affected. If anything, it might lose a point, which is not bad. It's still not as bad as losing three points each 10 days which if you think about it in two months, that's about 20 points. So if you could have had, if you would have had a 720 credit score, it's going to shoot you down to like 699 or 700, which, you know, that's a big difference, which determines the difference from a 5% interest rate to a 3% interest rate. So not only are we talking about a few, a few 20 or hundred dollars, we're talking about thousands of dollars. Once you get into that home mortgage, because over the year that, that interest rate, more money than a few dollars so that's one of the things i would encourage people to keep an eye out for and to work towards another thing that i would encourage everybody to do is to understand how to read a credit report and if you don't know how to read a credit report then feel free to uh, reach out to me and i'm more than happy to give you a breakdown of how to read a credit report and one of the other things i would encourage everybody to do is to um subscribe to um agency and credit report um, agency such as Experian or Identity IQ it just makes life easier you know especially nowadays with every being everything being um, on our phones and through computers like there is so much fraud going on where people are hacking into your you know your cards and they're using them for purchases up through Amazon and stuff like that I've have never really been a victim of identity of theft but just like last week um, and I never even used my debit card. That's how I knew it wasn't me because I use my credit card for everything um, to continue to build my credit and also to uh, prevent fraud. But my my debit card was compensated. And the only reason I knew was because scammers, what they do is they run your credit and you'll see a $0 transaction through some uh, text something on your statement. And then uh, that they do that so that, you know, there is no risk and a vendor sees that, you know, it's a no cost thing, but they do that on purpose. So the next time they swipe it, it can be for any dollar amount up to five or thousand dollars. And then that's how you take your money. But anyway, um, that happened. And so I had to order a new debit card. Thankfully, I don't really use it. So I don't really care. But it's important that if you were to be a victim of identity theft, you actually have access to see what's happening in your credit report to um, catch that and report it immediately so that you know, the situation doesn't get worse. Now, imagine if this happens to you're trying to buy a house within the next few months or a car, it's going to be a nightmare because as we all know, it takes time to build credit just like it takes time to reestablish it. But I, I feel that those are the few things that people can start doing now to help themselves out. That's great. And how much did you say that the credit would go up? I think it cut out for a second there in the first tip. Yeah, so... Uh, for having a low utilization, for example, <clears throat> when I look at people's credit reports, they're typically like like 80 or 90 or 99 or 100% or something, 120% utilization, meaning that they're using more than they're allowed that they even have access to, which that's typically worth anywhere from 50 to 80 points. Oh, wow. So if you were to, sometimes people are sitting at a 670 credit score. Well, listen, just by you paying that down, 
your credit is going to shoot up. And this is another thing that a lot of credit repair companies take um, the benefit of it because people don't understand it. They will be working on somebody's credit and then they'll go check somebody's credit report and they were like, hey, listen, your credit went up 80 points. And the customer is obviously excited, but it's because during the consultation, they told them to pay that down, but they didn't tell them, hey, your credit went up because you paid down your cards. Uh, then they'll remove like a small $50 collection and say, oh, that's the reason why. But no, you know, collections, you know, to an extent have value of points, but a lot of times it's just the utilization being paid down. Your credit's going to look much nicer. I see. Okay, perfect. Thanks for explaining that. And then you were uh, mentioning to me, we were having a, a, a small conversation before doing this podcast about some mistakes that people make um, with their credit. Can you tell us a few of those? That people yeah, so <laughs> hopefully one of the biggest mistakes I see and it hurts my heart is especially like younger people, you know, males and females, we tend to go out to the dealership because we have some money down. A lot of people think that they need, you need a down payment to go get a car right? Mm -hmm. They don't understand the process of financing whatsoever. So they get excited, they go into a dealership. The first thing that the salesman typically wants to do is they want to run the credit to make sure they're not wasting their time and they're actually going to be able to sell this person a car. Okay. So as soon as the salesman is able, whether it's before or after the test drive, uh, the salesman wants to check credit, they'll check it and they'll see how much they actually got approved for. So that way steer them into the right vehicle. Well, at this point, um, the individual is probably going to get anywhere from three all the way to 10, 15, sometimes even 20 inquiries, depending on how good the credit is. If the credit is horrible, you're at a 600, like 580 credit score, they're probably going to run it 20 times because there's a lot of, not a lot of banks that are going to approve you. So then they start working their way down you know, the pyramid to, uh -huh. to banks who are going to work with bad credit consumers to finally give you that loan that's probably going to be a 25 28 percent interest rate on that loan so not only is it going to put a lot of inquiries on your credit but it's also going to like cause you another 50 to 100 points of your credit score going down so you're a 580 you might go down to 500 499 or even 490 because of this um because you allow them to run your credit like that. So imagine for somebody who has stellar credit, 800, they, and then, you know, typically they won't run it that many times because they're going to get easy approval, but still, they're still going to run it about three times uh, just to have options to present to the consumer. And that way the dealership can actually sell them their products. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. That's and then another, go ahead. I was just thinking about it. I'm like, that's a great tip, actually. Okay. <laughs> yes. And then the other tip I would um, have people do, I mean, other mistakes that I see people do quite often mm -hmm. is paying off everything in cash or paying everything off with their debit card. Mm. Um, <clears throat> debit cards, you know, and, and this is my opinion, and you can ask anybody who, who is a credit expert or utilizes credit you know, how they feel about it. But I would say most people would agree that a debit card is probably one of the worst financial tools that you can use for your own success or your business success. And the reason for that is because, um, you know, you don't get rewarded off of it. There is really no perks or rewards from it. 
there's no benefits, you know, and I'll use this example. I had a friend who uh, bought a computer, uh, iMac computer pro, you know, touch bar, touch screen and everything. And um, he used his debit card and the computer was like $2,300. And so he didn't get any warranty, no Apple care or anything like that. So then uh, three months down, his uh, keyboard, like the touchscreen part of it, you know, started messing up on him. And so he took it mm -hmm. to Apple store and they didn't want to fix it for him or replace it for him. Well, you know, if he would have had, like I have another friend who actually had not the same problem, but different problem with his, his uh, Apple product. He didn't get Apple care warranty on it, but he actually called his American Express uh, customer service and they listened to him heard the conversation heard of what happened mm -hmm. and uh, ended up sending him a check for the value of his apple product so he can go ahead and replenish it uh, for a new one and the reason they do that is because you know they want you to feel valued as a consumer um of american express they want you to continue to use their products um because they benefit from it and so they want to keep you happy just as you know you know we used to work at nordstrom and uh, we always keep in mind the customer uh, firsthand and customers always right. And we want to do everything in our power to keep them happy so they can continue shopping with us and they have a good experience. So that's the reason that's one of the many reasons why I say don't use your debit card, use credit all the time. You are more protected. Uh, debit card is almost like paying cash, you know, doesn't track anything. There is no reward. It's high risk and nobody's going to fight for your money. Your the debit card is, I understand it's in the, it's coming from a bank, but technically, you know, it's not that valuable to the bank to go after that money. Where if you are using borrowed money from American Express or Chase, then they're more willing to work with you. Mm -hmm. Smart. And you um, also were mentioning to me behind the scenes about a couple of credit cards you recommended and why. Can you share that with everybody too? Yes, absolutely. So one of the, what my top two favorite credit cards no, actually, my top three credit cards that I like is actually um, J.P. Morgan. The reason why is, first, you know, the history. Uh, they are the bank that built this country, and they are the originals in banking. You know, they made majority of their wealth uh, in banking. There's, you know, tons and tons of Chase JP Morgan Chase banks across the U.S. and you know it's easy access, accessible. But not only that, they usually give you as long as you have a fair or good credit score, they give you high limit credit cards. You know, for personal and business, um, more than you know other other um, credit cards. And then on top of that, they have great customer service. Uh, they have great technology. They have a great app, very easy to use. And on top of that, you know they'll work with you. You know, depending on the situation for purchases, they'll they'll back up your purchases and protect you like the situation I was talking to you about earlier. And then as well as American Express. American Express is, you know, world-class, you know, they give you great customer service, but on top of the customer service, I mean, typically like the benefits of them are extremely good. I think the last time I spoke to you, I was talking to you about like the American Express Platinum and the gold card would typically like, um, as part of the basics, like, you know, just part of them, they already offer you with these cards, like Uber credits, like $45 each month. Or, you know, if you're checking into a hotel, you're able to, you know, 
they have their own American Express line where, you know, you can check in or you have access to the Centurion Lounge, which is also really good and um, gives you time to, you know, study or work or whatever you have going on that day. You can do that. But on top of all of that, you know, it's just your money is protected, you know, and you're getting rewarded for it at the same time. And you just have access to the best of the best statuses anywhere you go. People treat you better. Unfortunately, that's the reality. But that's why it's important to have good credit so that you are well taken care of and your purchases are also being protected and tracked. And um, the third one that I really like um, is the Navy Federal American Express Partnership. And the reason why this is my third favorite is because, well, JP Morgan and American Express, you actually have to have stellar credit or good credit to get these cards. But with Navy Federal, you know, if you or a family member have actually um, served in the military, uh, Marines or Air Force, you are eligible to apply for an account with them. And with them, you know, credit score has to be good but it doesn't have to be stellar all the time and they approve you for high limit credit cards which is which is also really really cool and awesome for somebody who you know wants you know like the american express benefits and rewards but doesn't have the best credit and can't get approved for it for whatever reason sometimes it just takes one bad account or, or over one bad inquiry and you can't get approved for american express so that's why the navy federal um amex partnership card rewards card is my third favorite and for somebody who's just starting out i would highly encourage them to start off with probably a discover card or a capital one card quicksilver card um they're pretty good cards they're not the best but you know to start off at least you're being compensated accordingly for the usage of your cards and uh those would be my my top cards i would say that's awesome very helpful well i'm very appreciative of all the tips you gave us today. I think people learned a lot from you. Is there anything else that you'd like to share or highlight that we haven't covered? I mean, I feel that I went over so much. I mean, yes. and this is just the basics of credit. Credit is so much more in depth and, you know, in a deeper level. But I felt that this is probably uh, just for overall consistency and overall, you know, a basic understanding of credit so people get a feel for it. Mm-hmm. I think we covered some pretty important topics, but if anybody has more questions or, you know, wants to learn more about credit, they can always just reach out to me at uh, Julio Pacheco um, through IG, or okay. they can always contact me through email, which is financial.services with an S at the end, dot JP at gmail.com and just inquire about whatever it is that they may need help with or any way that I can possibly assist them with. I love that. Um Thank you so much for sharing with us today. And one last question for you. Are there any books that you recommend that people should learn about financial literacy before meeting with you or any podcasts they should listen to? I mean, honestly, nowadays, all the information that you're looking for, um, a lot of it can be found on YouTube. You just have to be careful. And if you're going to listen to somebody, make sure that you find somebody who is credible through IG and YouTube doesn't just have one platform because typically I would have come to find out sometimes people are on YouTube, but they're not on IG or anything. And uh, the information that they're providing is not as accurate. So that's one thing. It may sound too good to be true or it sounds good, but then you try what the practices that they're telling you and it doesn't really work. So um, YouTube is really good. 
you know, you can look up whatever it is that you have a question about and I'll pull up. Uh, but I'm more into like personal development books such as, you know, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill or one of my favorite books on personal development is actually How to Win Friends and Influence People um, mm-hmm. by Dale Carnegie. Um, but, you know, there is not one book that I can just steer one person towards, you know, it just depends on what it is that they they envision or or they they want to and then that way i can actually specify a, a, the right book for them to be honest okay and should anybody have anything specific prepared prior to meeting with you uh should they you know go with you and um, want to get their credit evaluated uh yeah so preferably obviously um just have a experience or identity iq account created so that way it's you know once we get on the call we can actually get straight to the point and look at it and then just have your personal information not for me uh but your personal information ready so that you can input it into the system so that way they can recognize who you are and actually pull up your credit history much easier and that's about it i think for the most i mean i can help them out with everything else Mm -hmm. awesome well thanks again for joining with us today and you guys definitely feel free to connect with him uh, for all your credit service needs and I will link him whenever I post the podcast as well absolutely and it was a pleasure Liz uh, thank you for having me and uh, back to the one of the last two questions you got you asked me was a book the reason why I can't really encourage uh, one book is because I've actually found multiple books too about financial literacy or credit and um, especially for credit, a lot of the information that are in these books, uh, they're not really um, effective practices. So that's why I couldn't really think of a book. So yeah, that's the reason why. But anyway, <laughs> pleasure being on here. Yeah. And I hope you have a great day. And I hope that the people listening today actually got value out of the, today's conversation. Absolutely. Thanks so much again, Julio. And we will stay connected with you online. Awesome. Talk to you soon. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, you guys stay tuned for the next episode of Double E Elevating Entrepreneurs. Double E, home of the system disruptors, innovators, creatives, and corporate misfits.